Hey friends, welcome to The Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. I'm your host, Andrea Fortenberry. This is a podcast about finding freedom from perfectionism to show up for the life God has for you. Mom life is messy, unpredictable, and just plain hard sometimes, but it's also amazing. I believe God uses it all to grow us into the women He wants us to be. We can't do motherhood on our own. We need God's help. We need wisdom from other moms. We need the encouragement of community. I hope you'll find all of that and more as you listen in. Welcome to episode 71 of The Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. Today, I'm talking with the very funny and insightful Amber Lee Niece. Amber Lee is a popular speaker, teacher, comedian, author, and all-around encourager dedicated to helping you become the joyful person you were created to be. Amber Lee is a featured speaker for the Aspire Women's Events and the main host and female comedian for Marriage Date Night, two popular Christian events that tour nationally. She and her husband have two adult children and live in Prescott, Arizona, where they enjoy the great outdoors, the Food Network, and all things Star Wars. She is also a previous guest of the podcast in episode 50, What I Wish I'd Thought Of. Welcome back to the podcast, Amberly. I am so excited to be here. And you even said my city right. Like, I'm so (laughs) proud of you. Oh, thank you. Well, I've lived in Arizona long enough. Like at the beginning, when I first moved here, I would say Prescott, but then I've learned that's no, no, it's Prescott. It is. It is. It is. Anyway, well, I'm thrilled to see you again. I think this, I mean, I had such a great time the last time. And so I'm excited to dive in with you today. Yes. I'm super excited for us to talk today about your newest Bible study coming out in April called Untangling Faith. I love that title. So will you tell us more about it? What inspired you to write it? Yeah, absolutely. So what inspired me to write it is watching so many people in my life, even very dedicated church people watching their faith journeys kind of unravel Mm -hmm. and feeling helpless to try to help people navigate that well, to actually embrace the uncertainty um, and, uh, and, and give them, you know, grace and love and peace and space to, to grapple with those things. So that was really hard. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm the youth that I work with. There's just a lot, there's a lot of upsetting of the fruit basket when it comes to things. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that's where the original thing was. And I couldn't shake this untangling faith Bible study. I, I couldn't shake the idea, but the publishing company with, um, with whom I work had kind of turned the lights down due to COVID. So many mm. book publishers really struggled during COVID. So my book publisher kind of turned the lights down. And so I thought, well, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know why God would ask me to write this. I don't have mm. a contract to write it. That's often how that happens. You pitch an idea and they say yes, and you move forward. And so I was befuddled and bemused. I was saying, Lord, I just, I mean, it was like, he would not, he would not let me up. I just couldn't help, but feel like this is what I was supposed to do. So I reached out to some literary agents and friends of mine, and they were gloriously kind. And they essentially said right now in book publishing, it's a really tough business. And if you're not a slugger, if you're just a consistent, get on first or second with sales, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing snow angels in book sales from my last couple of Bible studies. <laughs> it's just not happening yet. Um, and, um, and so they said, you know, I, I'm not sure you would be able to find a publisher. And I, 
So I, I was literally saying to the Lord, I feel like Noah, there's the sky is clear. There's no rain in the forecast. Why would you have me build this boat? And that's how I felt. And so in full disclosure, uh, like summertime, I sent out a thing to my newsletter group. I, I sent out a monthly a newsletter of encouragement. To... I get it. And it's great, by the way. So oh, sign thank up. You. Listeners. No, I, yeah. thank, you. I love it. thank you. Anyway, so I sent the step out saying, would you like to be part of the, uh, of the launch team or the, no, the pilot group to help me write this. And I said to them, when I met with all 40 ladies, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm supposed to build a boat and I don't get it. And so I just can't, I can't disobey any longer. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't uh, deny that God is calling me to this. So I, I wrote it every, every two weeks, I'd send a chapter. They'd give me feedback on the last chapter. And it was kind of, you know, uh, it was so good. And the ladies kept saying, this is so needed. I, I know 20 people that need to hear this hope uh, that you are purporting um, that scripture holds. And so we just kept moving forward. Okay. Okay. But it's like, I knew there was just no way. And strangely, wouldn't you know, we're on chat, we're in chapter five um, of six and my publisher called and they said, Hey, we're, we're going to turn the lights back on, mm -hmm. on our publishing company. And we would love to start with one of your projects. Is there any chance you're working on something right now? I'm like, are you crazy, <laughs> Lord? Are you kidding me? Uh, oh, look, it's rain. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but in the in the best way. And so um, uh, I fashioned it into more of a Bible study format instead of more of kind of a free narrative. But it unpacks the questions of Jesus. I kept saying, Jesus really only answers, flat out answers three questions in the New Testament. The rest of them, over 300, he asks, he answers a question with an additional question. So mm -hmm. I feel like for the most part, we don't embrace questions like we should. I mean, obviously, if that was the language that Jesus spoke fluently and regularly, we should embrace those things. And that's where it came out of. That was a very long answer for a very cute little short question. <laughs> but, um, but that was where it came from. And I, I'm thrilled with what God has done in my heart uh, because of it. And even in my pilot group, uh, feel very thankful. Yeah, I think that's, there's so many amazing things to glean from just that story of, God told you to do this. You were faithful to step forward, even though like you're saying it's sunny, like there's no rain. Am I really supposed to do this? And then I also love just as a writer, just your process of going through it with a pilot group to see, is this resonating? Is this, you know, is this making sense? Is this, you know, something that is good and that people can help you get better. So as creatives, I feel like we always need those people to help us get better. I love it. So. And actually in my pilot group, yes, there were definitely like B women's Bible study leaders and all sorts of stuff, but I had two non-believers as two non-believer oh, friends. Okay. I said, would you love me enough to just kind of, you know, grapple with all of this stuff. And mm -hmm. it, I feel like it made the study better because they were able to say, okay, <laughs> what yeah. about this? And I'm like, yes, questions. Good. Yes, yes, yes. So that's yeah. good. Awesome. I love that. And I, I love just the topic as well, because I think a, a big buzzword that we hear is like deconstructing faith and, you know, young people are trying to, to do that. But what I think is a challenge or just an insight is that we hear people like we're deconstructing our faith, but they, they don't have the hope to put it back together. Like it feels so final that when someone says that they're like, I don't, I don't believe what I was taught or what I used to believe, but, and they feel like, to question means that you have to do that, that you can't ask the questions and find your way back to faith or that, that God will be faithful to meet you in your questions. Absolutely. So, 
Absolutely. So um, when I was a kid, long story short, we had a fish tank and it had the little like paper on the back. You're probably not old enough to remember this, but I had this like tropical paper on the back. So it looked like they were in Hawaii versus just <laughs> in some kid's bedroom. And one day I walk in and all my fish are gone. Oh no. And we found out long story short, we found out that they had jumped out and stuck to the wall. The heater in my fish tank stopped working. Oh, and so no. my dad, who was like, you know, science guy said, uh, to the, uh, pet store owner, why would they do that? What, like what behooved them? He said, well, it got cold in the tank. And dad's like, yeah, but you can't, they can't breathe out of the water. And he said, fish would rather, uh, you know, bail then stick it out and sit in uh, uncertainty or discomfort. Mm -hmm. And I think we all are part fish. When things mm -hmm. get uncomfortable, it's it feels like, oh, the, the way to do that is to bail. But that obviously was not the way to life. That, mm -hmm. that did not lead to something greater for my fish. And I don't think it leads to something greater when we're deconstructing our faith, if we're not willing to put in the time and try to get to the bottom of it. If we're just bailing right. and not grappling, I think we miss out on so much, whether it's spiritual or emotional or whatever, whatever the thing may be. I think, um, I think we need to be less fish, uh, when it comes to that for sure. Yeah. So good. So in the Bible study, you cover this topic of holy uncertainty. So will you tell us what's, what's your definition of that? What does it, what does it mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously we understand the English language. Uncertainty is doubt, uh, skepticism, suspicion, mistrust, lack of sureness, right? Uh, I feel like holy uncertainty is the opportunity. Like if we embrace it as the opportunity it is in those times of unsureness, of uncertainty, to really embrace that opportunity to really grapple and draw closer to God, mm -hmm. to figure out um, why things are, you know, struggling, why, why we're struggling in our soul throughout the Bible. Some of these great, uh, giants in the faith that were like, oh my gosh, David was, yeah, David had tons of holy uncertainty, mm -hmm. um, throughout even Jesus. Oh my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is holy uncertainty. Now, did he know who God was? Yes. He, you know, he is fully, fully God, fully man. However, there still is this holiness to asking the questions because that's when we take faith to a, to the next level. So mm -hmm. I feel truly that uncertainty can be wickedly, wonderfully, amazingly mm -hmm. holy. Right. Um, and, and I feel so thankful that we have the gift of questions and the mm -hmm. permission by Jesus to ask the questions. Right. And I think too, it reminds me a little bit of like being in the wilderness. And there's so much of that in scripture about like, you're in this place, like new circumstance, new territory, you've never been here. And you are wondering, God, what on earth is going on? Like, what is the purpose of this place, this time, the circumstance? But after we walk through it, we can look back and just see how God was working, how God was teaching us. And so when I feel like looking back maybe helps us to look forward to those future seasons of uncertainty and remember, oh, God was faithful in, in the past. He'll be faithful now. Well, obviously you are a super mom and I am so thankful for your um, example in that. But I think moms even do this to one another when it comes to like child rearing. Mm. We pat people on the head. You, you, you can do it. You can do whatever. Instead of allowing people to say, what's really like, what is training up a child in the way they should go? What does that really mean? And to me, reading a book is great. But figuring out what your child needs is wonderful. And hopefully you surround yourself with people who are who allow you to ask those questions 
and maybe even sit in that uncertainty mm -hmm. and share wisdom with you so that you can glean the goods uh, and and mother accordingly or parent accordingly. And um, and so even in parenting, even in the right. mothering room, I think that there is holy uncertainty. And so, right. um, but we're told, uh, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so it doesn't mean we don't seek. It doesn't mean we don't ask. It doesn't mean we don't grapple. Mm -hmm. It means we're given this promise if we continue to seek, if we continue to to grapple with those things that God is faithful mm -hmm. and he will be found and he right. will show himself faithful. Right. And I think really, if we don't ask the questions, we just kind of sit in our own headspace trying to figure it out on our own. But when we are brave enough to ask the questions, God will give us wisdom or he'll give us people or, you know, Bible verses, like he'll lead us to the place to find the answers. So I think we need to be encouraged to ask the questions. I agree. I think it's kind of like, Sometimes we can sit in what I call cerebral soup where we just yes. think through and we're you know, mulling over, which is wonderful. But I think when we add those additional ingredients, when we, again, ask those questions, like you said, seek wise counsel, when we do those things, when we're able to do that, our soup is so much richer and it's so much more satisfying. And, um, and I think that that's, I, we got really serious, but the truth is um, I'm thrilled with the permission that Jesus gave us to sit in uncertainty to continue to, to seek him. And so um, I hope that's coming through. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So Amberly, I saw something that you posted on Instagram recently. It was a quote, so I'm going to read it. And then I want you to elaborate on it a little bit more. So you said when we need healing physical, spiritual, or emotional, it is easy to lose sight of God's promises and try to fix things ourselves. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, who wrote that? Oh, wait, that was me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, what's interesting is we live in a culture that flies in the face of this because we celebrate as Americans, we celebrate being um, capable and independent, uh, all those things, which I think are great ideas. Um, but the truth is that culture uh, kind of is in direct you know, opposition to the heart of God. The heart of God is this. Yes, he made us capable, which is glorious. But we we focus on, I can do all things, but we forget that through through Christ who gives me strength, we forget those important prepositional phrases. First Peter uh, 5.10 says, and after you've suffered a little while, which is kind of like insurance, uh, we know what's going to happen. It's suffering will come. After you've suffered a little while, that insurance, the God of all grace, that's his identity, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, which is an invitation. Mm -hmm. He himself will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That's mm -hmm. the impact. I mean, mm -hmm. he's doing all the work. And that's really hard for those of us who are capable captains. Like we're like, yes, Jesus, take the wheel, but let me build the wheel. Let me uh, <laughs> put in the auto, you know, the, the transmission. Let me do all those things. And, um, and he is saying, trust me, I can be trusted. And yes, he made us capable, but that's not so that we can do things on our own. It's so that we can be empowered by him and his Holy spirit to, uh, do the things that mm -hmm. he's called us to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's hard because we are capable. We are, I thought it was, I think it's a very bold choice that he made us so incredibly capable, um, right. and then called us to reliance, but it's, it's the call. Right. Right. Yeah. I have found that when I'm quick to try to fix things that I can often create bigger messes than if I had just True. waited and allowed God to work and, and sort things out for me. 
so as moms who are probably quick to act because we want to protect our kids, we want to minimize stress or disruption to the plans that we have come up with, what could we do instead when we find ourselves in that holy uncertainty, a new place, new circumstance, something we're struggling with? Well, I could 100% give you the church answer. I 100% could do that. But the truth is that in our lives recently, our adult child, Judah, she's 21. She is at Dollywood right now. She's a performer. She's doing great things. But when she initially moved out and moved to the Phoenix area, which is about an hour and a half from us, she was struggling so hard. Mm -hmm. She's such a joyful young lady. And although she struggles with some anxiety issues, it was so debilitating. She would go days that she wouldn't shower. She mm-hmm. wouldn't go to audition. She'd miss auditions, which is what she was there for. She, it was really, really hard as a family. It was really hard. And we had a weekly zoom meeting. And after one of the meetings, our son, who is very perceptive, super, uh, 100% mama's boy says, uh, mom, do you know how many times you sighed during that conversation? I'm like, what? I did not sigh. I did. It was a great conversation. He said, no, mom, you like deep sigh. And I said, yeah, uh, you're probably right, sir. And he said, well, what's making you sigh? And I said, when you were super small, like preschool age, you thought it was hilarious to jump into swimming pools. We didn't own a swimming pool, but we would go to other people's house Mm -hmm. and he would run straight and jump into the pool, which meant mom fully clothed. Going in in. after. Oh yeah, of course. And I'd swoop him up and we would, you know, go on our way. And he kept doing it. And I finally took him to the pediatrician. I'm like, I think he's a smart kid, but I, there's clearly <laughs> a disconnection in, uh, in his cerebral cortex. What is going on? And he said, well, are you saving him every time? And I said, uh, yeah, I have this thing called don't love drowning. You know, that's all <laughs> really me. <laughs> um, and he said, no, but he doesn't understand the ramifications of sitting in that, uh, of, mm-hmm. of really taking the gravity on. So as long as you continue to save him, you'll continue to have wet clothes and you'll continue to have a son who jumps in the pool. Mm-hmm. And so wouldn't you know, the very next time he jumps in the pool at a birthday party, I jump in fully clothed. Again, we just got into the party. There are a million moms there and they all sat in total Judgy McJudgerton as mm-hmm. I, I was close to him. I was, I was totally there, but I waited for him to look up and see my eyes. And there, there was definitely the, oh gosh, oh gosh, this is serious. And you know what? That's when I gently drew, drew him to myself. And after that time, never had a jumper. He never, that was never what it is. Now, was that the longest time as a mother ever that, that, that waiting, waiting for him to get to that point? Yes. It was so, it, every cell in my body wanted to scoop him. Mm. Um, but it was what was best. And mm. I think for me, Yes, moms, we are quick to act because we want to protect our kids and we want to save them from all sorts of things. But the truth is the Lord often lets us have that time where he's right there and he's terribly capable of scooping us up, but he waits for us to understand the gravity and to really look up to him and to remember that, remember that that's who God is. So uh, uh, what's, what's the, what's the formula? Well, we remember who God is. We, we recall who we are and who our kids are in him. And then we rest in the promises, the the things that we know. And if somebody's new to Christ, somebody's new to faith, what they need to know is God is good and he's on your team. Mm -hmm. That's, that's it. And to remember those things to say, he's there, he is there. He promises it's part of who he is. And, um, and I, I'm thankful for that. Again, as a mom, that's so hard. Those times when our daughter was struggling, um, mm-hmm. 
I just thought my heart cannot take anymore. And yet it can, because he, he'd been preparing me and mm-hmm. he'd been preparing her up to that point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I feel so thankful to say that's in the rear view mirror, at least in this season. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, that's good. I love that. It was such a powerful story. Both of those with it, both your kids jumping in the pool and then now just in the season for your daughter. And yes, I, I think as, as moms, it makes, it makes me think about, you know, in certain circumstances, there is something we can do, but is that the best thing we could do like the pool? Yes. But then there's other times where there's not a lot we can do. Like I, I was talking with a group of moms recently and several of them are going through some health stuff with their kids. And there's really not anything that they can do other than wait and seek counsel from different doctors and different things. There's not a lot that they can do to fix it. But I think this goes to what you're talking about, that when we remember that God is with us and for us and on our team, and sometimes it's just a waiting game for, for what he's going to do. And and we can surrender at right. that point, the, the control or trying to fix it. So my question is this, you've got all these friends who are in a tough place with their kids' health. Do you think that they feel like they have permission to say, I'm frustrated, God, this is hard mm-hmm. and I don't like this and this doesn't seem fair and why my kid? I mean, do they, do they have, do they, do you think that they feel like they have a safe space to kind of ask those questions and seek God in that way? Yeah, I think in some regards, but I do think just because it's a group of friends I have from a Christian circle that they probably have filtered some of that as well. So maybe they feel they could share a little, but not the full ramifications of that. I don't know. I'll have to ask. I'll have to have some, some good combo and just say, Hey, again, I think that that is that it would be a mind shift change because Mm -hmm. I think especially church ladies, we feel like, oh, well, we just have to give them a a scripture verse and we Mm -hmm. have to, you know, um, just pray for them and and everything's magically delicious after that. And the truth is, it's not always magically delicious. Uh, Yes, we have the hope that there is a greater purpose Mm -hmm. um, and a power at work. All those things are great, but it's hard. There's like, I don't want to minimize and say, Oh, we just asking mm-hmm. questions and the Lord will just give you the answers. Mm-hmm. It, uh, you know, he'll write it in the sky. Um, oftentimes one of my spiritual directors from years ago, I would say, Oh, I wish God would just tell me what he wants. Just write it in the sky. And she said, mm-hmm. yes. And you would obey that. Cause I know you, but that would make you obedient, but not faith built. Mm-hmm. She was like, faith is bu- built when he doesn't write stuff in the sky mm-hmm. and we still have to trust in his goodness. So I was like, Oh, I don't like that answer. It's really smart. <laughs> it's so wise. I don't like the answer, but um, but that's where we are. So I hope you, I hope all of us feel the mm-hmm. permission to do that. And if anybody's listening and feels like, wow, that seems disrespectful. I just want to say, uh, Jesus asked mm-hmm. over 300 questions. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's disrespectful to speak his language. Mm-hmm. Even if it's ours is not an Aramaic, ours is in English, but to ask those questions to say, God, this is mm-hmm. hard. And I don't, I'm really struggling. Why, why? Um, why now, why me, why now, why, why my grandkids, why, why my kids, why my husband, why Mm -hmm. to ask those questions? Cause I feel like as long as we continue to ask the questions, we're engaged in looking up at him Mm -hmm. to say, please give me the answers. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And I've tried to encourage friends in other circumstances and seasons that, that God is big enough for our questions and God is big enough for our anger or our sadness or whatever we have going on that, that God, God knows our human nature. He knows our feelings. He knows it all. So he's big enough to handle. He is a big anyway. boy. He can handle it. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Amberly, any last thoughts about just how our struggles and questions about faith can continue to draw us closer to God and not farther from him? Absolutely. And again, I think it's under the auspice of when we choose to reconstruct our faith. Uh, if, if, when we're choosing to make it better, my husband and I used to do uh, marriage counseling when he was a, um, an associate pastor and people would come in and there were always couples that were like, yes, we want to get to the bottom of this, or at least get to some kind of workable solution. And then there were some, they were like, I am so Audi McSchmoudy. I have Mm -hmm. zero desire to do anything to make this better. And the truth is you can't make any ground with the person who doesn't want to grow. So I truly believe when Mm -hmm. Uh, we're willing, the Psalms say, when we, when we search for wisdom as, as hidden treasure, if we're willing to do the digging work, we will find treasure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if we seek for that wisdom, he is faithful. And he, it's like us with our kids. We can't wait till Christmas morning. We can't wait to give our kids right. those gifts. We can't wait to meet their needs and bless their socks off. And I feel like God is the same way. So um, looking I think just a mindset of looking at questioning as glorious and holy and fertile ground mm-hmm. for learning more about God. I mean, he's, he's unlimited. So even somebody who's been in Jesus for 900 years, right. You went to, you went to, you know, junior high with Moses, you still have things to learn about God. And so to sit in that posture of Lord, teach me, show me, um, create in me that openness, um, mm-hmm. I think is great. Um, James one, which is my favorite mm. slash least favorite book of the Bible. <laughs> so practically nosebleed, <laughs> you know, rejoice my brothers, whenever you face trials, of many kinds, cause you know, the testing of your faith develops perseverance, but perseverance must complete its work so that you can be complete, not mm-hmm. lacking anything, not lacking anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, rejoicing. Um, I met a lady on the airplane one time she was, coming in and somebody, she was a larger lady. And I, I, that's the pot calling kettle large, but she was a larger lady and she was struggling, uh, working within the seats, trying to get to, um, an aisle. And she kept, somebody would run into her and say, sorry. And she would say, Oh, it's all joy. It's all joy. And I remember thinking, Oh lady, you don't even know it's all good. That's the the saying is not, it's all joy. It's all good. And then the Holy Spirit's like, really? So would you reread James chapter? (laughs) Consider it all joy whenever you Mm -hmm. face those trials, when you're, Mm -hmm. when you're having those questions, when Mm -hmm. your child is um, struggling health-wise or your marriage is falling apart at the seams, Mm -hmm. or you can't seem to keep your stuff together. um, Those are wonderful things and wonderful opportunities to, to count it all joy. Right. And I love the next couple of verses after that, that say, about if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously, generously without finding fault. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Please. Yes. 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 So good. So good. Yeah. So good. Yes. Yeah. So I'll link those verses in the show notes for listeners oh, so that, yes, so that they can have them. So Amberly, last question about the Bible study. So is it something that women can do on their own? Is it something for a small group? What's the format of the Bible? Well, I'm study? so glad that you asked that. So it is a six week study. My other studies were four weeks. This is a six week study. What's great. You can totally do it by yourself. Cool. Uh, uh, you absolutely can do that by yourself. You also can invite friends to do that and you could work on those things together. We also recorded a DVD, six teachings um, and an intro so that if you and your cronies want to do that or your women's ministry group wanted to tackle that together, it means somebody gets to plug and play. They don't even have to nice. you know, prepare the teaching. You guys can just sit and enjoy and learn and grow together, uh, which I think is great. But it's five days a week 
um, for six weeks. Uh, and each week is a different big question. Those big questions uh, that people often ask when they are um, grappling with their faith. And so um, we we tackle those six questions and um, and then give you the opportunity to look at other people in the Bible who had a similar struggle, mm -hmm. uh, similar questions. So um, it's really encouraging. I feel really thankful that I got to be a part of it. I, I can't believe God let me build this little ark, but, um, but I'm so glad that he did. And now that it's raining, I'm really thankful. That he did. <laughs> thankful for the rain. Yes, exactly. exactly. Very cool. Well, I'm super excited about it. And I love how you talk, you address these questions that people in scripture had, because we find that throughout scripture. And that is such a comfort to me when I read about people who had a question or a struggle or, you know, they were sinful, just like we are. And so reading that, all of those things is just a comfort and makes the Bible so much more real and relatable when we hear yes, like, aha, yes, this is for me because these people. David gets like me. me. Yes. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yes. Well, friend, at the end of every episode, I like to ask some fun questions, as you know, since you've been a guest before. I know. So. I love this part. It always stresses <laughs> me out because I'm like, I want to do something good, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear your answers this round. So what are you reading, watching, or listening to these days? So the truth is that I'm very late to the game, but uh, my uh, son and his girlfriend read uh, Francine Rivers, Redeeming Love. I actually have never read a Francine Rivers book. I know there's Same. some of your listeners that are going to be like, is she saved even? Uh, if she hasn't? <laughs> but I haven't, but they read Redeeming Love together. And then, and then my son said, mom, I think you would love this. I think it's so great. And so I've been reading that, which is good. Okay. Very, uh, it's, um wonderful, like a great place for my brain to be. It was a great vacation read. That's all I have to say. Nice. Uh, I'm watching only murders in the building, which is not a Jesus thing at all, but I I've love never heard of this. And Oh, Oh, it's the, the Steve Martin. Martin okay. I love, okay. And, yes. And Selena Gomez. Yes. I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying you're going to want to do a Bible study after it's over, but <laughs> it's loads of fun and it's really clever storytelling. So Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So only murders in the building. Okay. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. I think I saw an interview with Steve Martin and he mentioned it or something and I, I love Steve Martin. So, so hilarious. Yeah. Fun. Okay. Awesome. Next question. What is a favorite product service or practice that makes your life easier? Uh, you're, you're probably never going to have me on there. Cause you're going to say, this is, these are, this is the boring list. Google <laughs> calendar. I use Google calendar mm -hmm. for everything. And the thing is, especially as kids get older, it is yes. imperative to have some kind of organizational system where I know where the soccer game is and I know mm -hmm. all those things. So training one's children quickly, uh, as quickly as possible, uh, to put things in the calendar, mm -hmm. to look at the calendar. So we know that there's not a conflict to not make promises that we can't keep. Honestly, it keeps our family's poop in a group. That is just, I don't know how else to say it. It keeps us on, on target. And yeah. I wake up every morning and look at it. And the, and the last thing before I go to bed, I wish I could say it was all about scripture. I look at my calendar to kind of allow my brain the opportunity to think through what is next. I, right. last night I opened up my calendar and I was like, I love her. Andrew is my friend and I can't wait to spend time with her. So, um, it allows me to do that. That's huge. And then Miss Jessie's hair products. Oh, that's Jessie's funny because I was products. remembering that we were chatting about hair products. I think last time. 
-hmm. Okay. And you, you get this, but I have to constantly change. change. Yeah. So right now it, I'm, I'm living uh, my best life with Miss Jessie's hair products. Okay. Where do you buy them? Uh, Target. Okay. Uh, well, Walmart. I'll have to look. Cause I feel like yep. I'm kind of at the phase where I need to change too. I don't know what it is about curly hair that you have to adapt. You can't just buy one thing for life and keep it. You have no, to change you cannot. it. You cannot. When my, when my husband married me, you know, in, in other cultures, they get some kind of dowry. He got all my hair products. He was like, <laughs> what is all with the 27? And I'm like, I need them all. I need them all. So anyway, that's where I'm at. Oh, cool. Oh, I'm going to check that out. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm in search of some, some new product. So there good to know. Awesome. Next question. What is your best soul or self-care tip for moms? I think I said this the last time that we met, I don't do this very well. So I literally feel like the biggest hypocrite on the planet. However, it's like, I don't get my nails done. I don't go and get massages. I don't, I don't spa day. I don't, I even do like, even with my hair, when I get my hair colored, I do what we call a root and run, which she covers my roots and I'm out the door. Like I don't even <laughs> stay to get my hair, like taken care of none of that stuff. However, what I found now that I have 52 years of mileage on my vehicle, what I have found is the best way to do self-care is to figure out what makes my heart sing. Mm. So mine is hiking or spending time with my cronies. When I'm done with those two activities, my heart is racing in the best way. My, my heart is full. I feel more beautiful, more mm. uh, supported, more taken mm -hmm. care of. And I think that that's the deal. Now for some people, they're like, really hiking is your self-care, but it, it is. I love yeah. it. I super love it. And so whatever it is, whether I, I'm not, you know, bashing massage for some of my cronies, it's 100%. Right. Oh, I just go and get a massage. And I'm like, yeah, I spend the whole time going, I've got so much to do. And then I've got this <laughs> more so stressful than relaxing. Yes. 100%. <laughs> Especially when I, when the kids were little, I just, the idea of that was literally a uh, water torture to me. So that would be it to find the thing that makes you feel the most full that makes mm -hmm. you feel the if it's cooking or mm -hmm. meal planning or seeing a, you know, silly movie or whatever the right. thing is, I think that's the deal. And to schedule it, like you schedule time with your friends uh, that you foster mm -hmm. that friendship with yourself uh, to make sure that on regular intervals, you're doing something that kind of feeds mm -hmm. uh, into that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think too, it just stop comparing what you like to what your, your friends like or do, or that kind of thing. Like you said, find what makes you feel yes. full and sing and be okay. Be okay with that. Love, love what you love. Another one of my guests said that recently, like just love what you love and be, be happy with that. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Super good. What is God teaching you in this season? Well, you actually just, that's so funny that this is the question that's next because you just said it, which is I get caught in what I call the compare snare mm. and the Lord continues to say to me, I'm not expecting you to fit into your best friend's jeans. I'm not expecting you to uh, have the bank account of uh, this person or that person or to have the book sales. Again, you can imagine with the um, reality check I got from the literary agents, I was crushed. And uh, and so for me, it's the compare snare so that mm -hmm. I can be really happy when someone says, oh my gosh, I just signed a book deal or, oh my gosh, I just lost 50 pounds or, oh my gosh, my children are perfection. You know, all those things mm -hmm. that I can really with full heart, uh, be excited for them and to root for their rise instead mm -hmm. of saying, huh, how come I didn't, why mm -hmm. can't, you know, why doesn't it work that way? Why do, 
why do my um my why is my metabolism so much slower than everybody else's? <laughs> that, but to really focus on um getting out of that comparison mm-hmm. and just looking to the Lord for who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I think we all get caught in that some more than others and some seasons more than others, but it's always yeah. just a good reminder. We don't agreed. need to do that. Agreed. Agreed. That. So yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Amberly. will you share with listeners where people can connect with you and find your new Bible study? I will, but I'm going to start with, thank you so oh, much. For doing this. Like I, you clearly have such a gift of not only wisdom, but encouragement, but I, I so appreciate you being faithful to continue to do this and to pour into moms and humans and, um, all the things. And I just, I, I, I praise God for this ministry and I'm so thankful for you. Thank you. Uh, people can commute, can connect with me on my website, amberlyneese.com, A-M-B-E-R-L-Y-N-E-E-S-E.com, which I'm sure you're going to put in your show notes. Yep. Uh, what's cool is if people pre-order my untangling faith Bible study, uh, I'm actually doing a, uh, personal Bible study with those who pre-order. So you'll Ooh, get fine. a, uh, if you get on my website, it will tell you how to uh, make that happen, but you will, uh, download your receipt. You'll email me your receipt and it gives you an all access pass to, uh, doing Bible study together. So I actually, I'm going to hang out with those that pre-order. Oh, so, that's fine. Um, so yeah, it's like a VIP pass that you get. Um, and all it costs you is the cost of the, of the book. So, um, I'm excited about that. Uh, the, the uh, Bible study comes out around tax time. So just about the time that you're like, oh man, the tax, the tax person's <laughs> calling my name. That's when the study's coming out. And I would love to have people join me on that journey. Awesome. Well, I will be sure to link all of your places so people can find you and find the Bible study. And thank you so much for being here and for your encouragement. I appreciate you so much. You're a gift. I appreciate you right back. And so maybe, um, maybe sometime soon we can have coffee when I'm in your neck of the woods. I would love it. Absolutely. I would. would. So thank you so much. And uh, thank you so much for what you do. As we go, I want to remind you that you're doing an amazing job as a mom. No, you're not perfect. None of us are. There's no such thing. But you're showing up, you're learning from your mistakes, and you've got God on your side. He fills in the gaps of our imperfections, and we can trust him. Keep going, my friends. You are doing good and meaningful work. I'll see you next time.